Hi, my name is Yasmina Bensman. I'm the founder of Politics for Her, and you're listening to the Kurori Podcast. Thank you, Yasmina, for joining in today. Thank you for your time. I'm very excited for you to speak to us about you, about your work at Politics for Her, and just any words of wisdom that you have for the listeners. So first of who is Yasmina? Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm super excited to be here. It's always a hard question because I think that we can be many things at the same time. But I always say that I'm a, I'm a world citizen considering I've lived in many different countries and speak different languages. And in general, I breed multiculturalism. I have this fascination for diversity and learning about others through their culture and through human experiences. And at the same time, I'm extremely passionate about gender equality and in particular women's participation in politics and more precisely young women and girls. So this is the reason why I've launched politics for her. And, you know, I'm just a young woman navigating life and the challenges and trying to learn every day and be better every day and spread as much knowledge and positivity as possible. Yeah, thank you very much, Yasmina, for that great introduction. Um, I've been I've been following you on LinkedIn for a while, and I see all that you're doing, especially that you're a feminist and you're really passionate about women empowerment, which is one of the reasons why you started Politics for Her. But apart from you, your passion, is there another reason why you started Politics for Her? Was there something that happened that made you think, okay, this is something that is needed in society right now. Okay, I think that I can empower more women by doing this. Like, what is the story behind politics for her? Yeah, absolutely. I think that everybody that's engaged in any sort of activism has a personal story behind. So I was raised in Morocco by a single mom, and I saw, like, how hard it was for her simply based on the fact that she was a woman. And then I studied political science, and this is when I realized how the field was extremely male-dominated, but also that there was a distorted vision of what politics should be, that it's associated to um, corruption, money, evilness, whereas it should be representing the people and fighting for the greater good. So I thought that by having more women represented, it's already a huge first step towards achieving gender equality because if women are left out of decision-making that involves them, then there won't be any laws, policies, or regulations that include women's perspectives. So that's why I thought that by launching politics for her, I would call all young women and girls interested in politics and in being represented at all decision-making levels that we will eventually achieve gender equality, but also world peace. Your background, you said, is one of the reasons why you started politics for her. And the fact that you have a single mother and you saw all that she went through definitely the inspiration for many of my decisions and many of the things I do. So it's it's great to see that that is one of your driving forces. And apart from that, you mentioned that you have a, par- a background in political science, and I actually didn't know that. So that's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the work only are you empowering women to understand politics. You're also showing them that they can have a voice in politics. And I think that that's so great work that politics for her is doing. Like I always say that personally, failure is not something that is in my vocabulary. But what would you say, like the biggest lesson, what's, what is the biggest lesson you've learned from starting politics for her? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that my biggest lesson was I am not alone. And, you know, when launching politics for her, it was really a time where social media was booming. And um, a lot of accounts around topics such as fashion or beauty were erupting, but I didn't feel represented. So then I come with politics for her, you know, like, which is so not girly according to gender stereotypes and i just wanted to show that women and young women in particular also have brains beyond the beauty aspect and what we're often associated with but to show that we're also academics scholars and that we have sense and that we're also capable of raising our voice for the greater good And, you know, I've received so many messages at first. Wow, I love it. I've always wanted to do something similar, but never took the first step to do it. So, you know, like, of course, at first I had doubts. Should I launch it? Will people actually read it? Will it be successful? You know, always, like, having doubts. But then the reassurance that I got is through all of the young women that have the same aspirations and especially now with my team, like I see how passionate, dedicated, uh, brilliant they are. And that's the biggest lesson I learned through this journey is that I'm not alone. Even if sometimes within the fights, within the battles, you can feel lonely, but you're definitely not alone. Yeah, I I think that is so important that we're not alone, even if you feel like you're alone. And I remember like the first chats we had where I like presented the career idea to you and asked you to be a guest. You mentioned that you were at some point for a while, you were like the only member of the politics for her team. So you were sort of doing everything by yourself, mm-hmm. but eventually you were able to expand and you found like-minded people who had the same visual, visions and goals for for politics for her. And I think that that's also like a piece of advice for anyone listening, that right now you might feel like you're doing everything on your own, but just remember that if you are, another thing is if you are vocal about what you're doing, if you speak out about what you want to achieve, you will find people who want to achieve the same things that you want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much, Yasmina, for answering absolutely. that question. Yeah. And my next question, I guess, it's the reverse of the first question. First, the question I just asked, the question I just asked was about like the biggest lesson you've learned from politics for her. But my next question is, what do you think is your biggest success? Yeah, like I would say that, you know, like, we should always celebrate every win. So we had so many wins, you know, just like the fact that gradually uh, the team started growing. At first, it was only 10 girls within my team. And as I said, uh, we mentioned earlier, I was doing everything on my own. But then like the fact of building a team, that's the first success. Then after building the team, they became leaders themselves and they built their own teams for representing different regions and different languages. So that's also a great success. The launch of one of the 
of the podcast that the girls launched, the Farah and Zineb launched, that's also a great success. The fact that we got our first grant um, uh, by Women Deliver, that's also a success. There's so many things to celebrate. You know, I really love yeah. everything we win. And to me, like, the progress that we've been making is what's most successful. I'm sure that you're going to achieve many more things personally and, of course, through politics for her. Could you tell us, okay, first off, could you tell us a bit about, like, different aspects or columns of politics for her? Yeah, of course. So, you know, politics for her is an online platform, but also a global movement. And... It's truly advocating for inclusive participation of young women and girls in politics. So we do different things from digital advocacy to capacity building where we train young women and girls, you know, like even the team. Um, we have uh, trainings within the team to train also the new, new volunteers. It's a platform to provide that provides women an opportunity to raise their voices. And what's different about it is that it has a focus on the global south. It has an intersectional feminist approach. It has a youth perspective. So all of those things combined make it quite unique because unlike mainstream media that focus a lot on the global north and it's always the same issues, we really like to shed lights on region of the world that receive very little media coverage or not at all. But it's also youth-led, so it's only young people behind it and it's youth served. It's really to raise awareness by social media posts, but also articles that we write by breaking stereotypes. And that's also why I think it's important to have it in different languages because we want to touch people that are concerned and also by encouraging active participation in civil society. So it's also an, an empowerment tool that gives young women an opportunity to become change makers within their community or within um, social media, you know? So it's all those different things. And we're also moving towards a little bit more policy work where we're going to identify some issues in countries and give recommendations. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, you also mentioned that um, a few of your like future plans. I don't know if you'd like to speak more about it or if you can speak more about it. But I'd love to know like what your future plans are for politics for her. Like, because you're impacting a lot of people now, and as you said, there are many different parts of politics for her. So yeah, if you could just tell us a bit about like what plans you have for politics for of her course. in the future, that would be yeah. Great. So you know, like we got our first grant, but the goal is really to keep on getting funding because you know, we cannot really implement impactful or real lasting or sustainable change if we don't have the resources. That's why funding is crucial and it's extremely hard for young people to get funding and to find opportunities within our scope of um, expertise. So I think that keep on applying to grants and implementing projects so that we can gain experience, but also gain trust and uh, eventually um, move towards more of an NGO structure so that we can also uh, get the NGO status because we don't have it yet. And my goal is really to just do politics for her as my job. And also like all the girls in the team, 
to just want nice. life because like we really enjoy what we're doing working for ourselves and co-leading together you know so that's the main goal is really to make it yeah I, that definitely seems like something you'd achieve in the near future with the way politics for her is going i think that it's definitely something that that's going to happen and of course i'm rooting for you and i'm rooting for politics for her and like it sort of brings me to my next question i think you sort of answered it <laughs> you're welcome I think you sort of answered it, but I was going to ask you if how different politics for her is from like what it was like when you just had the idea for it and what for it and what it is now. So yeah, uh, at first I was alone, just doing social media posts and um, sharing news and you know like things that I wrote. But then I opened Coffer's contribution, so I started sharing articles by other young women. So like really like having a platform where everybody could express their, their opinion, their voice. And then I opened applications to join as a team. So after almost like three years alone, I understood that leadership was from shifting the mentality that leadership is about all doing everything by yourself to actually know leadership is being able yeah. to pass on knowledge but also to delegate give some of your power away and not keep it to yourself so that's like a key lesson that i learned i'm like i it's time for me to open and build a team because i've also learned a lot so now i can pass on that knowledge but also share this with the the rest of the world and yeah and so basically gradually um we yeah. created more content we did workshops we built this community and um now like many of the team members that have been here since i opened call for applications so about two years ago many of them are leading their own teams and teaching others how to be leaders as well so yeah so it just grew in um, the team capacity, but as well in terms of diversity of content, languages, and like more things to explore. Very much, Yasmina. Um, so do you think that there's anything or any piece of advice you wish you had known? Yeah, of course. Um, that's a very good question. Um, I would say that the biggest advice that I would give myself from before is just to trust more the process and not, not to get discouraged and never to give up on your dreams, to always follow your passion and that it's not always easy, but it's worth it to pursue whatever you're passionate about or whatever you're sure. Because, you know, like, of course, doing a lot of online work comes with a lot of online harassment, threats, and um, things like that, right? Yeah. So at first, I would always want to change people's opinion or, you know, like waste too much energy in it that I would take attacks or comments personal. But I learned that, that now it doesn't affect me at all because it's just a reflection of how people see themselves in a way. So just, mm. you know, like just pursue and whatever you're dedicated about and don't listen to what anybody else is saying. That's very important too. Trust the process. Don't listen to what anyone else is saying and just be focused on on what you're doing. And yeah, I think that that's all good advice. I think that that's something I needed to hear as well because as you know, Korea has just started. So I'm definitely picking up all the all the advice that you're giving and I'll definitely be applying it to my my life. And I hope that anyone listening is get, getting as much knowledge as I'm getting. 
Um, I'm so glad that we were able to talk about politics for her. I know that you are a feminist. I've worked with the UN in the past. You are doing a master's degree in refugee and migration studies. And you're just killing it, basically. So, first of all, how have you found like the time to balance your work with politics for her and your other activities? Because although you said that you delegate a lot of your tasks, mm-hmm. you are very present when it comes to politics for her. So how have you been able to balance that with doing your master's, with doing your work? I know that you are also an, um, sort of like an ambassador for The Bloom, which is yeah. an amazing platform for women. So basically, just how are you balancing all of that? Any tips, yeah. any tricks, any life hacks would be great. Yeah, of course. So it's all about time management and organization. It kills me when people tell me, like, I don't have time because for me, it's just an excuse. You always have the time if you want to. Um, I organize myself really well. I plan my weeks. I plan my days. I make lists every day, every week about the most urgent. Like on Sunday, I'm going to plan my week and my calendar and make sure that I'm on track of everything and I know what when I have to do what and what's the most urgent from the least urgent. I do this for categories, so I have my job and then I'll have politics for her and then I'll have uh, the other things that I do. But when it comes to politics for her, for example, like I really learned how to teach leaders how to be like, just like how to multiply myself basically. So like I trust them so much that I don't even need to see anything, you know? I meet with my team once a week and then I just like make sure to be on top of everything through WhatsApp, communicating with them regularly, especially with the leaders. I'm just on top of communications um, constantly and making sure that everything is good. And it's just like I'm a, I'm a freak when it comes to organization and lists. I cannot survive without that. And if you're organized, you just have lists and uh, calendar for everything. And then you just um, execute. But of course, during the weekend, like Saturday, Sunday, it's my time. Sometimes I would work on politics for if I have documents that mm-hmm. I need to But I take it as time for myself. Okay, so I think to do lists are very underrated. They're so important. So that's a really good point. But you also mentioned that you take the time out to rest and you block Saturday days. Like now, with most people working remotely, it's easy to just work like 24-7. That's very important. Uh, Now, okay, let's talk about your master's. So right now you're doing a master's in refugee and migration studies at the University of London, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's a bit different from like, I guess, well, no, I don't know if I would say it's different, but it's not the same. So why did you decide to do a master's in refugee and migration studies? So when I was in Costa Rica for my first master's, I got um, into the field of migration and refugee issues, and I was so passionate by it. I did different experiences and internship in collaboration with UNHCR throughout the year where I was teaching English to refugees. And then I also took part of a research project in collaboration with Tufts University, where I interviewed migrants uh, from Africa, from uh, Asia, about their journey in Central America. And I also did an internship with IOM, 
the International Organization for Migration. So I really loved migration. Mm -hmm. And then when the pandemic hit, I was like, oh, I want to look for something where I can sign up because I didn't have a job at that time. It was so I found this program online that is that allows you to work at the same time. That is exactly the topics I wanted to study. And that's basically it. That's that's very interesting to note. And when we again, when we had like our first conversation, you mentioned that you live in Puerto Rico, right? Mm -hmm. I was between Puerto Rico and the U.S. You also mentioned at the beginning that you are very multicultural and uh -huh. you're sort of like a global citizen yes. in the U.S. And how is life in the U.S. different from life in Puerto Rico? Well, Puerto Rico is closer to Latin culture and good vibes. It's sunny all year. The people are the nicest people. The Latin culture, I love it so much. Like after living in Costa Rica, I was like, this is made for me. I think there are a lot of similarities with also um, our culture because in Morocco, we're very warm, welcoming. We love food, we love music, and we like to party and celebrate and um, very family focused. Whereas like the US is a very capitalistic, individualistic country where interests are first and you don't feel like you don't feel the same way as you would feel in a Latin country where people are warm and welcoming so I definitely love being in Puerto Rico and um, I feel really at home it's crazy but I feel at home yeah I understand that I get that like um, I have been to America before and it's definitely different from Nigeria, from African countries. Because I think, like you said, I think it's a bit similar to Latin culture, where we're just, like, very loving people. Of course, yes. like, there are people who, who are not as loving, but it's a very, like, the person sitting next to me is, like, my brother. And, like, if, if this person needs help and I can help, I will try to help. It just, I always describe it that Nigerians never mind their own business, but... It has its good side because if you are in need and a person can help, they would help. So I think that that's something that I can say is similar to the Latin culture and the Moroccan culture that you described. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree with what you said. My next question was actually about like some of the work that you've done, and I know you, you worked with the U, with UN Women. And I assume that some of the people listening would like to know like how they too can work with UN Women. And yeah, sure. So I actually took part of a, a program for peace builders in the Arab states by UN Women, uh, where they selected around 70 or 80 young women from the Arab states that had previous experience in peace building and peace and security, women peace and security, youth peace and security in general. And we received the capacity building training on peace, security, and uh, mediation. And uh, thanks to that, I had the opportunity to also write a blog entry for UN Women on the positive use of social media for digital activism, wow. and in particular for elevating women's rights and peace building in general. And yeah, so that was the experience with the UN women, which was very nice, especially to be with other young Arab women. 
I know that you are also like an activist or a feminist activist, as you've described yourself. So we know that you sort of see the importance of women supporting women and just women being empowered generally. But in your own words, could you just tell us why you think it's important for women to be empowered and for women to support women? Of course. Uh, the first thing is that, unfortunately, women doubt themselves too too much. And I just want to yeah. be I just want to be the reminder that everything mm-hmm. that women need is within themselves. And that's how I envision my women empowerment coaching as a way of helping young women unleash their professional and personal potential to the fullest, and also realize that it's, everything is within them. They just need to fight unconscious bias that tells us that women are not as capable, that women are treated like second-class citizens, because all of the disparities within gender parity, they just teach us subconsciously that... They make us believe subconsciously that we are not enough. We are never enough, no matter what we do. So that's why I try to do it through my coaching, Mm -hmm. to make them realize that they are enough and that everything that they need is within them. And it's important to uplift one another simply because there's enough room for everybody to shine and to be successful. And empowering another woman is not going to take away your success at the opposite. The more you empower and spread good energy out there, the more you shall receive in return. And if you adopt this philosophy and if you love yourself, you're never going to feel intimidated by another woman, but more inspired above anything. And especially considering that if she's successful, that means that you can be successful as well. So take this opportunity to see each other as inspirations instead of threats or competition. Yes. I don't remember who said this, but the quote, we rise by lifting others, is so important. And it's sort of what you said about how you helping another woman isn't like a threat to you. It's lifting another woman up. And that will also help you in the long run. Yeah. And it reminds me of, like, again, the first conversation we have where you said that, like, young people... Not just women, young people also need to uplift each other, which is why, again, I'm glad that you're doing this podcast. And I can ask you so many questions that I'm sure some people would love to ask you. And I feel like many young people will be able to learn and gain from. How do you think people can make a change in their communities? Well, I think that whether the impact is small or big, it doesn't matter. So it can start just by having uncomfortable conversations with your family members with people around you by also being inclusive in your fight and making sure that you leave no one behind. It can also start through social media since young people are extremely connected. It can start by small initiatives like you care about the environment, you do a cleanup, anything, anything that actually like brings you joy and that you strongly believe in, you can take concrete action. It's really like up to you to become an actor of change and it could be through so many different um, possibilities. It can start with uh, small conversations and it can be concrete real life actions. It could be by creating an initiative. It can be by advocating for change i don't know another example could be let's say that in your community people still use 
plastic bags, you can advocate for a change of that so that no more plastic bags are used um, in supermarkets or common surfaces, public surfaces. Could be so many things. It really depends. There are infinite possibilities. It really depends on the person, what they're interested in, but also like what resources they have. Yeah. Thank you very much, Yasmina, for that. Um, again, as Yasmina said, I don't think any change is small. Simply, You simply having a conversation with someone about maybe the importance of women having a voice in politics is you making a change. So it might not be you mounting the stage at the United Nations or the General Assembly and speaking to world leaders. You speaking to an everyday person, someone, maybe your neighbor or, again, a family member is change. So, yeah, I, I think that that's very good advice. Thank you so much, Yasmina. Um, and okay, my next question, again, is sort of advice for young people. But what do you think is the winning formula for a young person who wants to make an impact in their community? I think you've sort of answered that, but if you could say it again, that would be great. But what do you think is the winning formula for a young person who wants to make a change in their community? Is to not do it alone and to believe in the power of the people because, like, individual power... Of course, like one person can change the world, yes, but ask for help. Don't do that alone. You are not alone, and so you can do this collectively. It will be even more impactful than if it was individually. So, yeah. That's a really good, a really good point. Um, a friend of mine always says something. Um, she always says, that we need to exist loudly and not do life alone. And I think that summarizes what you said perfectly about how you can't just go in by yourself. You need help. You need support. And yes. It's an African mentality, I think, sometimes. Yes. Like, don't, go, don't share. But nobody can take away what's yours. So I think it's important to speak out, to find help when you need help. And yeah, thank you very much for that. Of advice, Yasmina. This is a question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So, what do you think change means to you? Because I think, again, in our first conversation, I told you that Kureria meant change in my language. So, mm -hmm. now I'm asking you, what does change mean to you? So, the quote that I used when launching politics for her and that I look up to a lot is be the change you want to see in the world. So whatever you want, the, the, the way you envision the future, whatever you want to happen, be that driver, that force to lead towards that change is that you are the change. You can become part of the change. It's just really to realize your potential, but also living up to your values and to what you stand for. So really like be that change that you wish you could see in the world. You can do it instead of waiting for it. I love that. Thank you very much, Yasmina. What was the experience like applying for that opportunity? And how has it been? Of course, you've gotten a grant from Women Deliver, so I assume that it's going well. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So I remember when I saw the Women Deliver call for applications for leaders, I didn't even think that it would be possible for me to be there. But eventually I was and I was so excited when I because it was really like I was just getting started with being more vocal as an activist. And um since then, like I've connected with a lot of young leaders from across the globe. So it's beautiful 
sense of community, but there's also like the past alumni. So it's a big community. And the really cool thing is that I know I, I was able to, I mean, our entire uh, class was able to witness systemic change because the organization was accused of microaggression and racism. Uh, so we saw a lot of change, structural change, systemic change within the organization for the better good. And they also like shifted more their ways of involving young people and they've been more mindful. So yeah, I really like the opportunity and especially that now we've been granted the grant. Uh, it feels great to feel heard, feel seen, and to be able to have access to resources uh -huh. to be the change we want to be and we want to see and enable other young women to access the opportunity. Yeah, thank you very much, Yasmina. Like, that's very interesting to note that against them, but you could see that they actually made a change and yeah. tried to do better. Of course, I would like people to know how to find politics for her, how we can support it, okay. how maybe some people might like to join the team. Yeah. So there's different ways that you can support. You can, of course, like read our work, share our work, you know, that's our, always valuable. This, so you can find us on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, Politics for Her, on Twitter. There's Politics for Africa, Swana, Europe, Ibero-America on um, Instagram. And we're about to also have Politics for Her Asia. Super exciting. And then you could uh, write uh, wow. an entry as a guest writer. So you can send your abstract to politicsforher at gmail.com. And then, of course, you can join the team if you want to join either one of the team, the Global Hub or Africa, Europe, Swana or any region in particular. Just send a resume and a cover letter expressing your interest, but also what you want to learn, what you want to bring to the movement. And you can send everything to politics for her with the four at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Yasmina. So, yeah, okay, now back to you. Yeah. Okay, now back to you. So, apart from your work with politics, what are your future plans personally? As I said, like, in my introduction, I just want to grow and learn and navigate life and focus on the little things and be healthy and happy and grateful every day and uh, really just live my passion and keep on doing things that fulfill me and make me happy by also changing the status quo and contributing to change that's all i want i'm not that complicated <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that like just be happy i think that that's definitely something well maybe not well happiness is different for everyone i guess but yeah <laughs> I think it's really important that you should strive for happiness. And I'm wishing, I'm hoping only for the best for you. Your website, your social media, all of that. Yeah. You can check my website. It's my full name, yasminabensliman.com. You can follow me on Instagram. It's yasbens, that's it. So Y-A-S-B-E-N-S. -E and you can also find me on LinkedIn. You can find me everywhere. <laughs> Nice. Okay, so the Yasmina Ben Sliman. Okay, so now this is our final question. Again, thank you so much for your time. And of course, at the end of every episode.
So we ask our guest for three recommendations. So it could, and you can actually give more than three if you want, because I know yeah. people who have given more than three. So your recommendation could be a book, a website, maybe a podcast. Okay, sure. So I will give the book that I think everybody should read, which is called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel. So it's just about four philosophy in life. It's based on Stoic philosophy that are going to change your way of perceiving oh. things. Um, number one is... I don't remember the order, but I can try to remember what each agreement said. But always uh, speak your truth, speak with integrity. Another one is never take anything personal. Another one is, and I don't remember. But I loved that book. It really changed my life and um, my way of seeing the world and myself, most importantly. The second podcast, I'm going to give a recommendation for all young women out there that need a little boost of self-love, self-confidence. I love listening to positive affirmations. And my favorite on Spotify is Habits of a Goddess. I love it. And nice. then... Habits of a Goddess. I give a book, I give a podcast. And then the recommendation I have... Like, um, another recommendation... Everybody should listen to Beyonce's new album. What's your favorite song on the album? Uh, mm, that is a hard question because they're all so good. But of course, because it was the <laughs> single, I guess, is You yeah. Will Break My Soul. I really like Oh, my nice, nice. I like Alien Superstar. <laughs> you listen to it. Yes. Yeah, it's really good. So three recommendations from Yasmina. The Four Agreements by Don Miguel. Habits of a Goddess, the podcast, and Beyonce's new album. (laughs) Thank you so much, Yasmina, for your time, for the knowledge. I hope that you enjoyed the interview. Yes, thank you so much. I really enjoyed spending some time with you. It was lovely. Thank you so much. I'm sure the people that will listen to this podcast will learn a lot. And of course, again, connect with Yasmina Ben-Sliman on LinkedIn, on Instagram, Follow Politics for Her on all social media. Check out the articles on Politics for Her because they're great. And remember, the four is the number four, not F-O-R. <laughs> and yes, I'm for her and personally. And I hope that, I don't know, maybe in like a year or something, we could have another interview with you and we could just have like a checkup to just find out of if course. you've achieved, and I'm sure you will, everything that you have, you've set out to achieve. And yeah, thank you so much for your time, Yasmina. Thank you for your time. Thank have you a good everything. one. Hi, thank you for listening to today's episode. You can check out the article about Yasmina's episode on our website at www.careria.com. And you could also follow us on social media at ma.careria. Thank you for listening. Thank you.